Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. This is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. What's up, New York? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And I am here with you guys this afternoon. All right. <laughs> we used the older version of the intro, which has a couple of extra seconds, and that's all good. Big shout-out to the great one, Mark Levin, for giving me that plug. And our telephone number here is 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. I try to uh, bring you the news from Midtown New York City every Sunday, live at 5 p.m. here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And my experiences in politics, small business, and I, I try to bring that experience, that expertise that I have in the very limited area that I have expertise so that you can know what's going on straight from Washington to the streets of New York City. Because, you know, I'm on New Jersey Transit. I'm on the subway every day. I know what it's like to take a dollar van. And I try to mix it up and give you my opinion on everything that's popping off on a day like today. So it's Sunday. There's three days uh, away. And... A dozen United States senators have agreed to support the challenge of the Electoral College votes in a handful of states, mainly the uh, battleground states that have been contested. That's in addition to over 100, I think the number's up to 140, members of the United States House of Representatives, which is only 535 members. So we're click, uh, quickly approaching, you know, at least a fifth of that or 20%. And it, to me, I think it's interesting that these members of Cong Congress are, you know, they're coming together and they're saying, look, we don't agree with what happened. We don't like the outcome of the election, but we're not sitting here crying foul. Nobody's being a sore loser. We are saying we think something is wrong, and we're trying to call it out. Now, a lot of people will come at you and say, but look, there's courtrooms across America that have rejected everything that they've brought in terms of evidence. And to that I'll say, what is it that you're smoking, bro? Let me, let me explain this to you this way. Let's just say, well, first let me ask a question. Have you ever experienced an injustice? Of course you have. So many people have. There are injustices that happen all the time. So to that I say, if you've experienced an injustice and you know that you're right, but the outcome came out wrong, isn't it incumbent upon you if you're within your rights to challenge it. Now, some people don't go to court because they don't have a lawyer, they can't afford it, blah, 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 blah. I get it. But when you're the president of the United States and you have the ability to say, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and allow you to just do that. For example, earlier today I was on social media talking with some of my friends, my actual friends. This is my personal Facebook account. It wasn't political. It wasn't any of that. Now, here's the thing. They criticize me saying that, you know what, this stuff has, has no merit because it's been kicked out of court. And my thinking is, if you get pulled over by the cops, and let's just say, not you, not me, but somebody gets pulled over by the cops, and the cops see a, a bag of weed in the car, and they're like, what's that? And you go, oh, uh, my grandfather has glaucoma. <laughs> and they say, oh, yeah? Let me see your eyes. And they're like, all right, listen, make sure you're not doing that in the car. I'm going to let you go this time, but uh, I don't want to catch you with that again. Now, does that mean that no crime has happened? Does that mean there was no evidence because they chose not to take action? Of course not. That just means they didn't take action. That simple. And it's within their discretion to give you a warning. Now, the courts don't have this discretion to give you a warning, but they have the discretion to take a case or not take a case. Once the court takes the case... Evidence can be presented. 
evidence has never been presented to a judge. The judge doesn't throw out the evidence. The judge has failed to take the case, so they've never even seen the evidence. Now, that doesn't happen about, you know, by accident. That happens because they don't want to. There's too much for them to lose. These people are making their money off of the government. They don't want to be the guy that cancels the gravy train. Moreover, many of them are just cowardly. They're not willing to stand up on the difficult issues. They're willing to just go, ah, you know what, look. Don't rock the boat, just go with the flow. There's a lot of people like that. Just think about the people in your job. When you know that one guy that gets all the overtime, the other guy doesn't. People go, oh, you know, they don't complain. They might gossip a little bit, but they don't, they don't go to the boss. Maybe there's that one guy that goes to the boss, and he'll probably get fired. And that's why they don't go to the boss. So this is my point in saying this is how things go. Rarely do people exercise this type of leadership, this type of courage in the face of something that is right, knowing that they may lose. But it's still right. It doesn't make it wrong. It doesn't mean there's no evidence because nobody's willing to look at the evidence. If you go to the cops with a complaint and they decide to ignore you because they don't like you, that doesn't mean that your complaint is any less valid. That just means they're not going to listen to your complaint because they don't like you. Maybe you flipped them the bird. Maybe they know you from the neighborhood. Whatever the case may be. Maybe you're Trump <laughs> and they don't like Trump. So that's the point that I think I'm trying to make here is that we can't sit here and just say that these people that are willing to step up in Congress, senators and members of Congress, um, House of Representatives, excuse me, that they are willing to stand up, and then we call them traitors. Of course people disagree. That's, that's a given. But calling someone that disagrees a traitor, and that's what's happening, right? They're saying that Josh Hawley was the first of the traitors, now there's uh, a dozen of them. And what's interesting to me is that this is nothing new. And, you know, there's, you could watch, there's, there's hours and hours of footage of this, but I want to sh share with you a couple of minutes of audio ranging from the year 2000, going back 20 years of Democrats. Sheila Jackson Lee, Maxine Waters, and others that stood up in Congress and made an objection to electoral college votes in the year 2000 against President Bush. They did the same in subsequent years. And I want you to hear it with your own ears to know that this is not the first time this has happened and, and nobody ever called them traitors for doing that. Check this out. The chair now hands to the tellers the certificate of the electors for president and vice president of the state of Florida. Mr. President, the objection is in writing, signed by a number of members of the House of Representatives, but not by a member of the Senate. Mr. President, I stand for the purpose of objecting to the counting of the vote from the state of Florida as read. Mr. President, I rise on, rise on behalf of the Congressional Black Caucus to object to the 25 electoral votes from Florida. Mr. President, thank you for your inquiry. It is in writing. It is signed by myself on behalf of my diverse constituents and the millions of Americans who have been disenfranchised by Florida's inaccurate vote count. The, is the objection signed by a senator? Well, Mr. Chair, Mr. President, I am objecting to, uh, uh, to the idea that votes in Florida were not counted. The clerk will report the objection. We, a member of the House of Representatives and a United States Senator, object to the counting of the electoral votes of the state of Ohio on the ground that they were not under all of the known circumstances regularly given. Signed, Stephanie Tubbs Jones, State of Ohio. Barbara Boxer, State of California. The objection today is raised because there are irregularities across this country with regard to voting. And we as a Congress have an obligation to step up to the plate and correct them. Mr. Speaker and members, I dedicate my objection to Ohio's electoral votes to Mr. Michael Moore, the producer of the documentary 9-11. First of all, we're here because not a single election official in Ohio has given us any explanation for the massive and widespread irregularity in the, in the state. No explanation for the machines in Mahoning County that recorded carry votes for Bush. 
Our people are dying all over the world. A lot from my state. For what reason? To bring democracy to the far corners of the world. Let's fix it here and let's do it first thing out. Thank you very much. Well, there you have it. Members of Congress, Democrats, every last one of them, speaking their mind and doing exactly what Republicans are doing today. Just there wasn't as many of them. There's way more Republicans that are willing to support this, as well as senators that are willing to support it. It's called the Republican action. Yet, everybody thinks, oh, these guys are whatever, this is that. The president's calling Georgia officials and threatening them to find votes. To This is called politics, my friends. <laughs> I, I, I really, I just, I'm lost at the whole thing, how it's okay to be political when it's Democrats being political, but it's not okay to be political when it's a Republican that's trying to win. It was okay for them to change the rules with respect to how you count votes, how they disregarded signature verification, they disregarded what date it had to be, uh, or they totally erased the vote date, right, the mail-in date. That was a, a non-issue. They just rejected it. And they did it without even passing laws. They did it through lawsuits, which are being alleged to be unconstitutional because it wasn't the legislature that made the law. That's a very simplistic way of putting it, even though it may be a more convoluted and complex idea. But to say that this has no merit, you sound like a buffoon when you say that. You sound like you've never read the Constitution in your life. You sound like you just really don't know how to follow politics. So I want to get your take on that. I want to take, get your take on the criticism that Trumpers get for defending the Constitution. I have never said that I, I do want President Trump to win. I've said that. But I'm not predicting that he's going to win. I predicted he was going to win in November. And guess what? I had to eat those words. He didn't get the 330 electoral college votes that I thought he was going to get. Now, in reality, he may, in fact, have gotten them. But what we know is that there was, as George W. Bush would say, some strategery that went on. And now we're here. And there's a contested election. So, again, I want to get to your calls. I want to hear your thoughts and all of that in our What's Your Beef segment coming right up. But keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. Our telephone number is 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Your calls and more up next. Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America. With your host, Rich Valdez. All right, New York, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, and as promised, we're going to get to your calls. 800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Now, just to set the table again, you've got... Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Some uh, U.S. senators that are on the Sunday shows, mainly, um, or namely, I should say, Ron Johnson was on one this morning and saying that, you know, we have to continue to look at what's going on with uh, potential ballot fraud and all of that stuff because we have to defend the integrity of our elections. Now, he's himself on the record saying he doesn't believe that this is going to change the outcome of it, but it doesn't mean it's any less important. I don't see why there's anything wrong with that. Of course, Chuck Todd attacks him and says that he's the arsonist. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and how the left tries to frame things. We're also maybe get into a little technical stuff about how they actually certify these votes. But I want to talk about Lindsey Graham in a little bit and Ted Cruz and there's a whole lot. But your calls. Let's go to Viviana in Brooklyn, line one. What's going on? You're on with Rich Valdez. Hi, Rich. You're a breath of fresh air because a lot of Latinos are just brainwashed to think it's the other way. Mm, um, the reason why I'm calling, and I appreciate your show, is that we have an uh, obligation and a duty and an opportunity to um, affect what our um, congressmen and senators are saying by writing, calling, and emailing them and saying, 
I, as your constituent, want you to um, deny the certification of these fraudulent um, uh, uh, results in these states. Um, and then the second thing I wanted to share with you is if Dominion was so on the up and up, how come they, uh, they closed up their, uh, their offices uh, in uh, Canada and they've gone underground? A uh, little suspicious, don't you think, Rich? Well, you know, I mean, we can frame it lots of things to look suspicious, but I agree with what you're saying with respect to so many uh, Latinos, minorities in particular, just going for the status quo. This is something that, again, I, uh, I really I use my interactions on social media with my personal friends on my personal Facebook because I've been in this game for quite a while. You know, I, I worked on President Bush's reelection campaign in 2004, and well before that, I was always a conservative Republican. And I, I never had issues. Nobody ever came at me sideways. Oh, my gosh, I can't. I mean, every now and again, you get a couple of uh, oddballs. But for the most part, people were always like, oh, yeah, Rich, he's a Republican. You know, I worked in the Christie administration 10 years ago, matter of fact. It was, I think it was January of 2011 that I was appointed to serve. And no issue then. Even after that, on the, uh, on the second half of the Christie administration, the second term, I was appointed to the New Jersey Center for Hispanic Research uh, and Development, and nobody had an issue. But Trump, all of a sudden, it's wrong to be a conservative Republican when it comes to Trump. So, Viviana, I think you're right, and you put it mildly when you say that we have to write to them and email them and call them. That's great, and I think that's great if you're 80. But if you're like you, eloquent and, and full of uh, energy, I think you and your people and everybody that you can organize need to be in the faces of Congress people, calling talk radio, getting your face out there, getting in the mix of it. Because without people like you, Viviana, we're lost. We need people like you to step up. Thank you, Rich. Yep, it's, it's uh, my pleasure. It's, I'm, it's really refreshing to speak with you as well. And thank you again for your call. Let's go to uh, Jerry Impasake. What's on your mind, brother? What's on my mind? I think it's great what's happening. It's a shame that going back at the beginning, the beginning of his administration, that the Republican Party wasn't as united as it is now. Yeah, that's I mean, a, that's and true. the other point I want to make is that between between the, what's going on over there and what's going on in New York, it's an absolute disgrace. And that's what the whole damn country is going to look like if basically this thing doesn't work out right. You're 100% right, Jerry. And I think that, yes, New York needs a prayer. That's actually the uh, – say a prayer for New York City is the op-ed today in from the Post editorial board. That's their – excuse me, their editorial. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But you're right. They should have been more united. The problem is – we're seeing a lot of things unfold, and those who observe politics like you all and everybody that's listening and everybody that's holding, and thank you for patiently holding, we realize that politics is crooked, but I think people didn't realize how crooked it is. So when they see things happening, they're like, oh, well, that's just going to par for the course. At least that was for me. I was very jaded by politics, having seen the inner workings of how the machinations move and what goes on. You say, man, this is uh, ugly stuff. And most people don't. They just go, ah, crook A or crook B, the Democrat or the Republican. But it's bigger than that, and there's, there's more to it. And I think Trump is really trying to fight the good fight for the guys that got into this to do the right thing, for the most part. And we're hoping that truth will prevail. And if nothing else, that it's on full display for all of the world to see. Thank you for your call, Jerry. Let's go to Walter in Medford. What's going on? Walter. Hello? Hey, Walter, yes. what's on your mind? Okay, this is just my opinion. I don't think the Supreme Court wants to go 50 miles near this case because they're petrified of the results that might incur. In other words, if they took the case and for some reason they overturned the election, I'm sure I wouldn't be understating this. There'd be riots in the streets, would there not? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Part of what the issue is there is you have differences of philosophy, right? It's kind of like you go to one doctor, you know, and I experienced this with my dad. So I'm going to make a kind of real-world example. When my dad was ill and he had a stroke, the first doctor comes to me and asks me, how aggressive do you want to treat this? And I didn't even know how to answer that question. But in effect, they're asking, would you like to prolong how long he lives or would you like to kill him now? That's in essence what they're saying. But they won't ever say it that bluntly. 
right? So you have different, even doctors. I would go to one doctor, and they'd say one thing, and the other doctor would say another thing. And I would think to myself, man, didn't these guys both go to medical school? But again, I use my political analysis hat. I put it on, and I go, well, you know what? Not everybody's monolithic. You know, you get a guy from Chappaqua, young guy, millennial. He's likely not going to think the same way that a Gen Xer from Rigo Park in Queenswood. It's just a difference of opinion. Maybe one is born in New York. Maybe the other one's born in Arizona. They have different values, different opinions. We can't just say because they're both in the control room that they think the same. And just because these two doctors are doctors doesn't mean they think the same. So I think when we had William Rehnquist 20 years ago, almost to the date, you know, 20 years in a couple of weeks, when they took the case and they did, in fact, you know, clear the air and let make it clear who was the winner of the 2000 election. That was the type of leadership that I think was necessary from the Supreme Court. Instead, we get this John Roberts stuff where they're willing to take any case that has to do with culture. You know, and this is something that the great one Mark Levin has pointed out, and I think he, he's spot on, where he says, you know, if it's a gay marriage thing, if it's an equal rights thing, if it's anything like that, except when it comes to equal rights under the law when it comes to elections. That Oh, we're not going to get into that. We're not, we don't want to politicize. We don't want to be viewed as the court that decides elections. To that I say they're a bunch of, probably can't say that on the radio, cowards. We'll go with cowards. So I think you're right, Walter and Medford. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. What's up, Larry? Yes, hi, Rich. You know, I want to add to what Walter was saying. If he, the, reason, the reason the Supreme Court didn't want to take the case, uh, it has to do with riots in the streets, but it's because Trump— had an opportunity to bring these cases against the states beforehand, and he only brought one aspect of the Pennsylvania case. And he brought these cases before they would have retained jurisdiction, and then if afterwards the states had the temerity to go through the elections against what the Supreme Court advised them, like Alito advised Pennsylvania, then it would have been easy to reverse, and there wouldn't have been rights because they would have had. A, they would have said, "Listen, you didn't listen to us." But now, it's like Trump for he 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 for what Christie called it malpractice. Although I would hate to to, to uh, you know criticize uh, uh, Giuliani. I love the guy. Yeah, me but, too. Uh, I love Giuliani too. But here's the thing, Larry, and I understand where you're coming from, and I think in theory you raise a solid point. But the Trump campaign did challenge the changes that were made to the courts prior to the election. And the courts told them, you can't do it because you're not the aggrieved party. In effect, telling them, you have to wait until you are aggrieved by these changes, and then we'll hear your case. Then when they went back, they said, no, latches, you're too late. I mean, they're literally playing catch-22. And that's why they appealed and appealed and appealed and brought it to the level of the Supreme Court. And we're seeing... um, this historical inaction, this historical cowardice to stand up for what's right because people don't like the style or the substance of the president. And I think that's just wrong, not, not wrong because of politics. It's wrong because of morality, and it's wrong because we're not putting America first, and it's wrong because it's just, frankly, it's dishonest. Let's squeeze in one more call before we hit this break, and we'll get to the rest of your calls, I promise, on the other side of the break. But let's go to... Fred in Metuchen. Fred, what's going on? You're on with Rich Valdez. Rich, I want you to know, first of all, I'm a former Democrat. I'm 86 years old. God bless you. I can't, I can't believe that my country could go so bad. You are 100% right, Rich. But the question is, we've got to do something about it, because this would be the end of our nation if they can get away with this. It will never stop, Rich. And as I say, I'm a former Democrat. So imagine me saying this. I went into the military. I spent my time in the military. I've done my duty to my country. I will defend my country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We now have domestic enemies, Rich, and we've got to do something. Thank God for young men like you, Rich, because without guys like you coming up, we need replacements for Mark Levin because Mark's getting older, too. Thank God for you, Rich. Thank you. Thank you so much, Fred. I appreciate your praises. I really do. And uh, yeah, amen. Thank God for Mark Levin and patriots like you that have served in uniform and served this country in uniform. So thank you. I do uh, appreciate your service and I do appreciate your comment. And I think you're right. We do need to do more. That's why I do this in many ways is I want to inform the public. I want to be the alternative voice of what they're not hearing on the news when they turn on CNN, MSNBC, NBC News, you name it. 
So many of these people have been corrupted. You name, and you know, people look at me and they go, wow, could you really believe that? And I go, yeah, sure I believe that. In 1900, we saw what, what they were trying to do with the Bolsheviks in Eastern Europe, and that was 100 years ago. So you tell me, have they not succeeded in media, in all the classrooms and newsrooms? Sure they have. So your calls and all of that, Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm Rich Valdez. We'll be right back. This is America. All right, New York, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. You're listening to Talk Radio 77 WABC. Of course, I am the host of This is America, one of the most popular podcasts here at WABCradio.com, and I'm really proud of that, and I appreciate that, and I shout that out to shout out you, the listener, that's made that possible. I love to interact with you guys because during the podcast, that's um, kind of, you know, one way. It's my thoughts. You hear them. You comment on social media. You leave a a comment or a review on the Apple Podcast platform. But here in Talk Radio 77 WABC, every Sunday live at 5 o'clock, we get to discuss things, and I get to hear your thoughts and your opinions and all of that. So I thank you for calling in. Our telephone number is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And speaking of opinions, I think that opinions aren't about being right or wrong. They're truly just your opinion. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. They're about one's personal thoughts on a matter. Now, of course, people are going to disagree. But one of the questions that I posed to my, to my actual friends on social media was, you know, those that criticize the president mainly and my support of him, is what is it that drives their motivation? Is it politics? If it is, that's fine. But if it's not politics, politics what is it? And, you know, I think they often, at least Biden talks about unity and healing, yada, yada, yada. But I think... Things are typically either driven by love or hate. Do you either love America or you hate America? To me, it's that simple. Now, I don't need to be open to the opinions of other people in order to have my own beliefs. It's okay if I do or if I don't. But, for example, if my view of an evangelical Christian worldview becomes unpopular or is unsupported by the mainstream, which I think it has, right? I mean, most evangelical Christians believe that one man should be married to one woman. That's no longer the, even the law of the land. So clearly, if you have an opinion like that, it, it may be viewed as unpopular, and it may be unsupported. But if that, in fact, is the case, does that mean that I'm no longer entitled to embrace my Christian worldview? If most Americans feel that European socialism is the best way to go, do I lose my right to dissent and to be in the minority? Of course not. Because if I did, we would have to question whether we are a nation, a constitutional republic of laws, or one of feelings. Now, my politics haven't changed over the years, but the driving forces in media and the government definitely have. I'm not going to cower and abdicate my liberty under the Constitution because some, in fact many, around me stopped paying attention or never cared for liberty or the Constitution to begin with. Some might not like Trump's packaging, and that's their prerogative, but his actions speak way louder than his words. The good clearly outweighs what the critics would call, quote-unquote, the bad. In all honesty, we can't ignore the Constitution just because some people don't like Trump's style or delivery. So I don't care if people disagree with me. In fact, I welcome it, and that's why I give you the phone number, 1-800-848-9222. My point in expressing my thoughts here, it, and when on social media particularly, because that's what I'm referencing now, is where do you form your opinion, from a position of love or from a position of hate? And I know a lot of people assign it to a party, but I like to look at individuals and think, what is it that you believe? Do you want to see your fellow man do well, or do you want to see your fellow man fall flat on their face? To me, to wish people the worst 
is a, a BS Hitlerian viewpoint. It's dangerous to this republic. Left-wing progressives have really adopted a totalitarian, authoritarian, demagogic rhetoric to advance their political agenda, and it's really, really bad. That's the bottom line for me. It's just bad. So with that, I want to go to your calls. Let's go to uh, Desiree in Brooklyn. Desiree, what's up? You're on with Rich Valdez. Hey, Rich. I just love what you are saying. Thank you. Thank you so much. It really, really warms my heart, and it brings tears. I am a United States Navy veteran, and I still serve my community. I love to give. I am the American patriot. (laughs) Thank you for your service. And I am Oh, thank you, Rich, and thank you for your service, because we do not get truth on the airwaves. It is not uh, fair to people that love God and country, family, traditional values. And for the life of me as a Latina, I don't understand why my Latin brothers and sisters and my black brothers and sisters who love traditional values, who stand with traditional values, and have seen the um, civil rights movement stolen by, I'm sorry to say it, but it's the truth, the LGBs. And uh, that's not what we believe. We love our husbands. We love our families. And we're not for the counterculture values. And uh, my thing is, if we do not have God, we don't have a country. Because when you think about the pilgrims, by the way, I am a Black Robe Regiment preacher woman, and we are need, we're not a party. We stand up and we speak what God has said here in the 21st century. I go into the prisons. You know, I want to remind my, my brothers and sisters from New York that uh, Donald John Trump, in the 70s, he gave a million dollars to the Rainbow Project, uh, to Al Sharpton and Reverend Jesse Jackson. Do you know what for? To bring people of color to Wall Street. And my three sisters were a part of that. Okay, and like we've forgotten a lot of the things that this man has done as a private citizen. He doesn't boast. And so I want to know what's wrong with um, our people, which are the American people, who who choose party over principle. You're right. Uh, listen, Desiree, I think you're, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> uh, I appreciate everything you're saying. And I think part of the issue that we face, at least that I've seen, you know, I've been asked this on, on different programs that I've been a part of you know, on TV and stuff like that. And they say, you know, why, what happened? Why is it that there are Latinos like you, Hispanics that stand up for, for America, that believe in family and God and country, and then there are others that really stand up for Marxism and for anti-American values and things that degrade, degradate the family. And it, it's one of those things where, first of all, like I said before, none of us are a monolith. So everybody's free to believe what they want. This is why... I have friends that are Democrats. I have friends that disagree with me. Uh, I just I do question their their motivation sometimes if it's political or whether you just hate Trump so much now you hate me. But I call it the big lie, and you know it's not a term I came up with, but this is the big lie. You know, when I was a kid, I remember my mom. She liked Reagan. She was like a Reagan Democrat. My dad was like whatever. He didn't care for politics. But I remember hearing Reagan and just speaking commonsensical truths like, "Get off my back." Get out of my pocket. Those things to me are universal truths. Nobody wants the government all on top of them. And the big lie back then was that Democrats were for the poor and Republicans were for the rich. And I thought to myself, why on earth would I want to be poor? And I was a little kid. We're talking about 1984. I knew I didn't want to be poor because guess what? I tried that already. I was already poor. My whole family was poor. So if anything I aspired to be was rich. And I would definitely not want to support a political party that supported perpetuating being poor. And to me, that was enough to get me until I became a small business owner and then, you know, taxes put me over, the, over to the right side of the column. So I think you're right. There's a lot of people that just aren't politically engaged. Another quick Reagan thought is that he said we have to be informed patriots. And how can we be an informed patriot if we don't know what's going on, if we're disinformed or misinformed? So, Desiree, I think you're right on. Keep fighting for freedom and, you know, ringing that bell for liberty. We appreciate your call. I'm going to get to, let's see, one more. Hmm. All right, let's go to Mark in Nassau County. 
Mark, you're on with Rich Valdez. No, no Mark. All right. Well, let's go to Susan in Brooklyn. Susan, Rich Valdez here. How are you? Hey, Rich, great. Listen, I think you're framing the issues just very succinctly um, and very uh, rationally, Thank which you. is great. But I'll, I wanted to just chime in on what you said about Donald Trump, the results of his um, policies, because had we not had the economic growth going in this pandemic, which created a lot of tax revenues, we would have not, we would be in such bad shape. And that if he is going to repeal, if Biden, God forbid, gets in, will repeal everything that Trump has done, and we are going to have different results. Oh, you know, it reminds me of, you know, in Spanish they say, malo que sea, right? As bad as he might have been, George W. Bush, and I was a fan. When, when he left the presidency in 2008 and did the handoff, to Barack Obama, who clearly always told us who he was and that he favored, you know, these soft socialist type of policies. I mean, he was pretty honest straight from the get. And people would argue me back then, what do you mean? But how could you do that? You're a Latino. You're not supporting a black guy. And I was like, listen, it's got nothing to do with race. Take your racist glasses off. I don't live my life through the lens of racism. But I can tell you, this guy's going to cost us a ton of money. He's going to hurt the economy. And lo and behold, I think it was Inauguration Day or his first day in office, whichever one it was, we had this huge hit in the stock market, and it was like, man, he said this would happen. Like, we knew. Wall Street warned. Everybody knew. But yet nobody cared because it was the importance of electing America's first black president. And, you know, I don't think that was the, um, the mandate. The mandate wasn't to elect a president based on race. The mandate was to elect a president based on policy. So I think you're right. We have to get back to the strength and the uh, economic strength that we had prior to COVID, three and a half years of economic success, and then that six months, which is now closer to a year, of COVID disaster, which really, really wiped us out. Susan, thank you for your call. I'm Rich Valdez. This is Talk Radio 77 WABC. Up next, we're going to talk about what's going on in New York City, why the New York Post says that New York City needs a prayer. So keep it locked right here. Your calls and more, 1-800-848-9222. This is America. Mr. Call Screener, who is a budding radio star, by the way. Richie Valdez is terrific. Thank you, Mark Levin. Thank you, New York City, for putting up with me. I am back. We're in the final stretch. Uh, full call board. I want to get to your calls, honestly, as much as I can, because I really enjoy talking to you way more than I agree just talking, <laughs> believe it or not. I, probably most people won't believe that. But anyway. The New York Post editorial board says, say a prayer for New York City. Gotham's in trouble. No, not because it's suffering under the weight of crushing woes, soaring violence, out-of-control homelessness, a broken economy, a broke city hall, and a population that can't flee fast enough. But also because none of the would-be saviors running for mayor is offering any meaningful plan on turning things around. And the primary, where the election is most likely to be decided, is now less than six months away. And it goes into all these Democrats that are running for, for mayor and kind of um, writes off Republicans because they haven't jumped into the ring yet with both feet. But that does not mean we discount them. Now, a couple that I always talk about are the only two that I actually know. Right? <laughs> I know Curtis Lee and I know John Katsimatidis, two guys that have a solid record to bring to the table. Curtis has literally more than four decades of experience working in the streets. Who knows the streets better than Curtis Lewa? Then you got John Katz. He's been a grocer, and he became a millionaire, and then a billionaire. And now he's in the media business. He owns this radio station, by the way, full disclosure. When you have guys like this that have a record that honestly speaks for itself, transitional and, and transferable skills that they could bring into City Hall to really help New York revamp, to me, is a, a shot in the arm for Republicans. Now, of course, the mayoral election, it may be Democrat-Republican, but these guys are common-sense New Yorkers. And I think people need to hear what they have to say. And I can't encourage each of them enough. To, I'd love to see them debate each other because I'd rather hear them talk about the issues than hear 
um, the rest of these guys, Stringer and the rest of them, that are all trying to get in. It's more of the same, in my opinion. We don't need more of the same. We don't need the Blasio 2.0. We need the new New York City. We need the next Giuliani-styled administration that's going to clean up New York and, hey, it worked for Trump, make New York City great again. Anyway, your call is 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Let's talk to, hmm, what do we got here? Uh, Jeff, Jeff and Nutley. Hello, how are you? Doing great. What's uh, on your mind? I just wanted to have you, I, I don't know if you just didn't mention it before, but I was listening uh, earlier when you went through all the Democrats talking about the uh, votes in the House and with Al Gore back in 2020, but uh, 20, 2000, I believe. Yes. But you you failed to mention that was only in one county and it was disputing only 500 votes, not hundreds of thousands of votes throughout many states. Sure. Well, it Did wasn't a failure to mention it. What it was is that it was not only just the 2000 election, but they also did it again in 2016. And the point that I was really making there was that Democrats have made these objections in the past and no one has called them traitors. So that's the case. To me, uh, yeah, of course, there's differences between Florida. And now we have, we have six disputed states, right? We have six battleground states that are in question, um, not one county in Florida. Sure, that remains to be seen. But it was still a challenged election, and that was the merit of the, um, the comment there. But thank you for your call, Jeff. I don't think that added much to our conversation, but maybe you like the sound of your own voice as much as I like the sound of mine. Let's go to Joey in Brooklyn. Joey, what's on your mind? Wow. Hi, Rich. Hey, brother. Love what's up? Thank you. Avenue J and East 13th Street. Back Get from out. The, That's, the I'm, I'm not far. I grew up on M and Ocean, and for a little while I lived on, on Avenue. Yeah. So not so far. Yeah. Uh, wanted to say a couple of things. First of all, love your show. Thank you. And I feel that the news media, the the regular news, they're always lying and they're hiding for the other side. So the people are so gullible they don't even believe it, or they they believe it very much, except for the all the people that saw what they did to Trump. We know what they are, you know. Yeah. No, I think 100%. This is how it works, right? This is exactly how it works, Joey. The media misleads us. They tell whatever story they want to tell, and they fool people like Teddy and Yonkers. Then he slurps it all up and believes it all to be true, so he could call talk radio and say, well, you know what? You don't know what you're talking about. You're wrong, you're wrong, and you're wrong. But let's go to Teddy. Let's check in with him. We love people that dissent on this program, so let's hear what Teddy has to say. Teddy, what's up, man? You're on with Rich Valdez. Hey, Rich. How you doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to, to you, too, sir. Rich, I have a contrasting viewpoint from your point of view, okay? I feel what has happened to the Republican Party. I spoke to a couple of former colleagues of mine who taught with me for 30 years. They used to be Republican. They said the days of Howard Baker and Ronald Reagan and Senator Jacob Javits are over. There was compromise. There was dialogue. It's the Republican Party, and I want your listeners to listen to this, okay? My brother served in the Navy in Vietnam, and he's well, a I Democrat. thank you for your brother's service, but I want to address the first point. I agree with you that the Republican Party has changed, and I don't think it's a change for the worse. I think it's a change for the better, and here's why. Reagan was a very skilled communicator that was able to— bring compromise, to work with Tip O'Neill, and they brought about change. And I'm all for that. Listen, I, I worked for Governor Christie, and I, I know that that is how you have to do things. In Jersey, we didn't get anything done if it wasn't for the relationships with Democrats across the aisle. But that being said, there is so much more to be said for compromise, which to me should be the exception to the rule, and actually having a set of values, which I think Reagan was great at. And since Reagan, nobody's been good at it but for Trump. Trump is one of those guys that has been able to make the case for conservatism. He's made the case for constitutionalism, and perhaps it misses certain people because they don't know what they're looking for. So maybe I'll give the point to whoever says Trump may not be very eloquent. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take that criticism. But I will say, actions speak louder than words. We literally are on the cusp of peace in the Middle East. 
Trump was nominated four times for a Nobel Peace Prize. Many could say, oh, but he'll never get it. To me, it doesn't matter if he gets it. The fact that he achieved the nomination is the fact that he made history. What other president achieved peace in the Middle East? What other president was able to work with people all over the place, including all around the world, to put the uh, Israeli embassy in Jerusalem? Everybody's promised, nobody's delivered. So I think there's so many things, whether it comes to the economy, rolling back regulations so that small businesses could thrive, so that people can have a better life, rolling back tax rates. I mean, and uh, these are just the ones coming off the top of my head. There's so many more. Getting into this trade war with China, I do believe, is a good thing. It's a good thing for America that we're no longer dependent or starting to lessen our dependency on foreign oil, on foreign products, mainly from China. Not the foreign oil part, that's the Middle East. But make no mistake, we have to give up our addiction on China. China owns certain uh, politicians in Washington. They also own a handful of Americans across the country because we're hooked on their stuff. And I can tell you for years, as a fan of a global economy, I'm, I'm part of that problem. But every day I try to take another step towards saying, you know what, if I have to spend more money to make sure that I'm supporting an American company, I'm going to do so because it took the courage of a guy like Donald Trump, who I like to call Donaldus Magnus, El Trompito, the 45th president of these United States, El Presidente. It took courage from him, a businessman, a guy who'd never run for any political office ever, ran for president and won, outsmarted the Dems, to say, you know what, we've got to put America first. So I appreciate your disagreement, Teddy. Thank you for your call, and again, thank you for your brother's service to the country. That stuff matters. And you're right. The Republican Party has changed, and we need to continue to change, to bring in constitutional conservatism, people that stand up for what's right and what they know they're doing. Let's go to John in Brooklyn. John, what's on your mind? Rich, how are you? I'm doing great, brother. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. I just want to tell you, keep up the good fight. We love what you're doing out here. Thank Listen, you. I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. I just want to say one thing. I'm married to a Democratic Latina, and you know what? I love it today just as much as I did 26 years ago, and it really doesn't matter what our political party is. God bless. Plain I, and simple. I agree with that. And besides that, yeah, I, I, I don't blame you. But then again, I, I was just talking to the phone screen, and I said, in four years from now, are those same people who ran the polls and hid all that stuff away from the good eyes to see. Are they going to be working there again? Well, you know what? This is a great question, and this is why, again, I do this stuff to begin with. Here's the deal. I constantly push back on people that call and say, but what are we going to do, Rich? What are we going to do? And the reason I push back on that is because I believe there's so much we can do. Do you know why people get away with stuff? It's because people let them get away with stuff. So, yes, if nobody calls them out and stops them, and to me it sounds like Trump has been leading the charge of that, but a few people have said, hey, you know what, this guy's got some spine, let me, uh, or pillows in Spanish, cojines, uh, let, me, uh, let me back this guy up. So you got Josh Hawley, now you got 140 people. In the next two days, I'm going to venture to say that those numbers are going to grow be beyond a dozen senators, beyond 140 congressmen. And what's going to happen is you're going to have people that say, you know what, look, I'm going to stand up for what's right no matter what. You talk bad about my mother. You could be seven foot five. You could be Shaq. I'm going to get beat down in this one. I'm losing this one. I'm going to take this one for the team, but I'm not going to let my mother's name be ridiculed. And I'm making, you know, a, a schoolyard bully example. But sometimes you take the swing. You know you're going to go down, but you do what's right. And that's what they're doing. They're doing what's right because we have to do what's right. So will those same poll workers be there? They're only going to be there if John from Brooklyn and Rich from Jersey and everybody else that's listening isn't. If they're not poll workers, if they're not out there campaigning, if they're not out there doing more and taking action to promote what they believe, if you believe America's under attack, then get in the damn fight and start fighting. That's just how this thing works. For me, my buddy tells me the other day I was on the air right for New Year's Day. I said, man, I'm going to be on the air for six hours. Five of them are like straight in a row. And he says, so what, you're nervous about that? I was like, yeah, a little bit. I haven't really talked for that many. I think the longest show I'd done before that was four hours. He says... Bro, hablar disparate es lo tuyo. He said, talking smack is your thing. You're going to do just fine. <laughs> and it, honestly, it was a breeze. When I was done, I felt like I could have done another couple hours. So you know what? He was right. Yeah, talking smack is my thing. But that's what I do. People got to find what's good for them. 
what works for you may not work for me, and what works for me may not work for you, but everybody can do something. Everybody can be a poll watcher. Everybody can sign up to work with the campaign and make phone calls and do what you got to do. COVID will not last forever, and it's not the be-all, end-all of life. It's not. More people are going to live than are going to die from COVID. We have to put that stuff aside and keep fighting. So, John, I thank you for your call. God bless you and your Latina wife. Let's go to line four. Mark, are you there this time or no? Nassau County. All right, John. Mark in Nassau County. What's up, brother? Go ahead. Rich, Rich, I'm old enough to, to remember the guys who died, uh, Vietnam, et cetera, et cetera, to, to keep democracy or liberty. I don't put terms on it. We have a deep state here. There's too much self-interest. Mm-hmm. I just completed a book, took five years, about human nature. Yeah. If we don't have the ideals and values, I don't care what country it is, you can't infect every country with every other country. I thought America could perfect the, the idealism because of our history. We broke off from Europe, et cetera. Of course, we took advantage because we're still evolving. See, Rich, there's a cosmic calendar. A hundred years on Earth is really only a quarter of a cosmic second. We have not had the time. We've had enough time to do damage. But modern man is only here eight minutes. Well, you know what? I think you bring up an excellent point. And this is something that, again, as a kid, listening to Reagan, hearing things, and then as a young man in my 20s, reading on Reagan and really just helping to, to form my own opinions, I look at the quotes of Reagan and I think, man, what you're talking about reminds me of when Reagan said, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our kids in our bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on to them. So that's why we do what we do. Keep it locked right here. Lydia Serrani is up next. Big shout to Dominic Carter. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I am Rich Valdez. Hasta la próxima. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade.